Psalm 77 is a psalm of Asaph. It is in the middle of 10 or 11 psalms that are attributed to Asaph. I say 10 or 11 because as you get to Psalm 84, it very easily could be attributed to David as well with what is in that psalm. But this right here, Psalm 77, is in the middle of some psalms that Asaph wrote. Asaph was David's song leader. We know that from other places. Um, Asaph was a melancholy of sorts. He was uh, somewhat emotional uh, by nature, um, but he has some great lessons for us to learn about how to overcome some of those emotions and some of that melancholy and how to quickly go from one state of mind to another. Several of his psalms are written quite differently than we read in other places in the book of Psalms. And those of you that know Asaph and some of his psalms might say, this psalm doesn't seem to fit today's subject matter. We are here to glory in the Lord Jesus Christ after having heard 1 Timothy 3.16, presumably to hear more of that today, and after reading Hebrews last night. Why would you bring us a psalm of Asaph? Well, I didn't look for this psalm. This psalm found me, and uh, it's a beautiful psalm, and I believe that it very well fits today's theme when I wrap up here in a few moments. This psalm is quite easily broken down into three sections. The first nine verses is the horrible place the psalmist found himself in. The next section, verses 10 through 15, is the answer to the problems the psalmist had found himself in and the return to the right attitude. Yes. And then 16 through 20 concludes the psalm with comfort in what the Lord had done for his people using a particular instance of the Lord's deliverance to him. We want to focus on verses 10 through 15, that second and middle section, and especially verse 10. It is the key verse to the psalm and what the psalmist is portraying to us. We want to focus on one point, and here it is. If you get nothing else, and I like to play on words a a touch, as we saw last night with our, our pastor using the letter P in one of his phrases during our preparatory I had this down on paper before we read the preparatory, but here it is. The psalm, in a nutshell, the process necessary to go from the painful plight in the first nine verses to the promise of praise in the last five verses. The process necessary to go from the painful plight in the first nine verses to the promise of praise in the last five verses. Let me read Psalm 77 to you. I cried unto God with my voice, even unto God with my voice, and he gave ear unto me. In the day of my trouble I sought the Lord. My sore ran in the night and ceased not. My soul refused to be comforted. I remembered God and was troubled. I complained, and my spirit was overwhelmed. Selah. Thou holdest mine eyes waking, I am so troubled that I cannot speak. I have considered the days of old, the years of ancient times. I call to remembrance my song in the night. I commune with mine own heart, and my spirit made diligent search. Will the Lord cast off forever, and will he be favorable no more? Is his mercy clean gone forever? Doth his promise fail forevermore? Hath God forgotten to be gracious? Hath he in his in anger shut up his tender mercies? 
Selah. And I said, this is my infirmity. That's right. But I will remember the years of the right hand of the Most High. Amen. I will remember the works of the Lord. Yes. Right. Surely I will remember thy wonders of old. Yes. I will meditate also of all thy work and talk of all thy doings. Right. Thy way, O God, is in the sanctuary. Who is so great a God as our God? Thou art the God that doest wonders. Thou hast declared thy strength among the people. Amen. Thou hast with thine arm redeemed thy people, the sons of Jacob and Joseph. Selah. The waters saw thee, O God. The waters saw thee. They were afraid. The Amen. depths also were troubled. Amen. The clouds poured out water. The sky sent out a sound. Thine arrows also went abroad. The voice of thy thunder was in the heaven. The lightnings lightened the world. The earth trembled and shook. Thy way is in the sea, and thy path in the great waters, and thy footsteps are not known. Thou lettest thy people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. Amen. Psalm 77. I'm going to go through these three sections quickly and then make some applications and conclude. The first nine verses is the painful plight of the psalmist. The psalmist cried, was in trouble. His sore ran in the night. He refused to be comforted, was troubled, complained, and overwhelmed. And that's only in the first three verses. What a painful plight this man had found himself in. The self-righteous quickly say, what a loser. Don't you know God said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee through Jesus Christ? However, the person that wrote that book, Paul, was troubled, perplexed, persecuted, and cast down. That's right. And you might say, well, there's another half to, the, to, to those thoughts. Certainly there is. Give me a few moments, we'll get to that. How about Elijah and his thoughts under the juniper tree? You say, this is Asaph, not David, the man after God's own heart. I say, Psalm 69 starts this way. Save me, O God, for the waters are coming in unto my soul. I sink in deep mire. Where there is no standing, I am coming to the deep waters where the floods overflow me. I am weary of my crying. My throat is dried. Mine eyes fail while I wait for my God. So we can see that this is common amongst God's people. Every Christian finds himself in a similar situation at different times during your life. It is the plight of a Christian in this world. However, we need not question if it happens but how it happens and how to fix it and quickly. Yes. yes, Lord. To the second section, a quick summary of these five verses. Asaph is, is now praising God for delivering his children by the hand of Moses and Aaron through the Red Sea. Excuse me, the third section, the final section. Asaph is now praising the Lord for delivering his, for them out of the, the hand of the Egyptians through Moses and Aaron. He talks of God's marvelous power and the ability of God's voice to do great things. Verse 19, in particular, states how scary a thing water can be. Many people have a fear of water. You stand beside a raging river, and it's a very fearful thing to think about how you can get across it or what might happen if you were to fall into it. You stand beside the ocean, and you see how small you really are. Right. A great storm comes, much rain, and you start to fear that maybe the earth would be swallowed up. However, these things are power by the Lord that we can take comfort in how he will get us through them. Yes. Asaph here is looking back at great deliverance the Lord had performed. 
he was looking back at the individual instance of getting through the Red Sea by Moses and Aaron and away from the Egyptians. God performed this on his behalf, and Asaph was looking to that for comfort in his current distress. Yes. Right. Asaph is ready to go forward in confidence in these five verses after spending the first nine in great fear and trouble. Yes, amen. Now to our section. What happened to bring the psalmist from the painful plight of the first nine verses to this place of praise and admiration for the Most High? This is the Christian walk. Getting knocked off the horse is part of the Christian life. It's getting back on the horse that shows if you're a true Christian. We must take ownership of the first nine verses. It's not God's fault. However painful that may be, we need to see the words of verse 10. Yes, excellent. This is my infirmity. We cause this. I cause this. You let the first nine verses sink into your soul, you will say things, you will do things, you will go places, and you will act in a way that you embarrass yourself. You embarrass yourself before God, and you can embarrass yourself before people. Many good Christians never make it out of verse 9. They get right. to verse 9, and there becomes a verse 10 that sounds like verse 9, and then there's a verse 11, and then there's a, there's a psalm, and then there's a book written about their life, and it's always in verse 9. True Christians transition to verse 10. Amen. Distractions are abundant Excellent. and will always be available for you. If you want something to distract you, just look around. We must refocus our vision and reestablish our priorities to point us upward and onward. If 1 Timothy 3.16 is not altogether lovely, it's because we've forgotten that we've been purged from our old sins. That's right. If we do not want to be in the house of the Lord today, it is because we have forgotten who the Lord is. Yes. If we are not eagerly anticipating what the pastor has for us, it's because we think too much of ourselves. If the transition to the New Testament from Isaiah does not excite us, it's because we have neglected the better things. Here's what we need to do. Humble yourselves, ourselves, to admit our infirmity. Remember his right hand, his works, and his wonders, and his wonderful works. Get into the house of God so that we might see his way. See his redemption to the sons of Jacob and Joseph. Asaph rejoiced in deliverance from the Red Sea, but we have Hebrews. Amen. Asaph looked at the Moses and Aaron that got them out of Egypt, but we see Jesus. Yes. The process to go from the first nine verses of this psalm to the last five takes work, takes humility, takes effort. But that is why we are here. In a concluding statement for us today, Thy way, O God, is in the sanctuary. Yes. Amen. 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 Excellent.